Welcome to the Barack Obama Approved World's Greatest Podcast, Hyphenation. I'm your host, Kellen Conley. If this is your first episode of Hyphenation, I'm not apologizing. What you're about to hear is my truth of what has occurred over the past week in past for the for years decades if you've been with me for all 162 episodes then I thank you but I cannot not say anything so way back in 2017 I believe I think it could have been 2016 I did an episode yep hyphenation episode 17 I did an episode about the murders of Philando Castile and Alton Sterling at the hands of white police officers. And I went back and listened to that episode again for the first time since I recorded it sometime last year because I really wanted to hear what I said at the time. Eric Greenlee, my friend, said to me, He was really proud of the episode and everything like that. That I I would speak out like that and be so honest about everything. And for a long time, I really thought that episode had impact. You know, I, I thought, I thought I made a really concise point and everything about it. But truth be told, I came away from the episode not being very impressed. Because while I was able to get my point across about how black people are never safe from the police and get my point across about Black Lives Matter, I feel like I ended up in the middle, so to speak. Like I was obviously against the killings and thought that Philando Castile and Alton Sterling should still be alive. But I also feel like I, I I wavered at times instead of standing firm on the subject. I was kind of like, well, you know, the Dallas riots shouldn't have happened when the protesters and everything came. It was like a week or so after Philando and there was protesters and then there was fires and everybody's losing their minds. I was like, oh, Dallas shouldn't have happened. That was a little too much, you know. There was innocent officers. I'm going to read y'all some things about what's happened just this year so far. Three big ones, but the most important one occurring just a week ago. Shout out to Wikipedia. 
On February 23, 2020, Ahmad Marquez Aubrey, an unarmed 25-year-old African-American man, was fatally shot near Brunswick in Glen County, Georgia, while jogging on Holmes Road just before entering its intersection with Satila Drive in the Satila Shores neighborhood. Aubrey had been pursued and confronted by two white residents, Travis McMichael and his father Gregory, who were armed and driving a pickup truck. The event was recorded on video by 3rd Satila Shores resident William Roddy Bryan, who was following Aubrey in a second vehicle. <sighs> the Glen County Police Department said the Brunswick District Attorney's Office advised them on February 23rd to make no arrest. While the Brunswick District Attorney's Office denied that such advice been given to the GCPD by either the Brunswick District Attorney or by her assistant district attorneys. February 24th, Waycross Judicial Circuit District Attorney George Barnhill, who had not yet been assigned to the case, advised the GCPD that no arrest should be made. Barnhill officially took over the case on February 27. Later on April 2nd, Barnhill again advised the GCPD to make no arrest while announcing the intention to recuse from the case due to connections between Gregory McMichael and Barnhill's son. Barnhill requested recusal on April 7th. Atlantic Judicial Circuit District Attorney Tom Durden was appointed to the case April 13th. At the behest of, excuse the sniffles, man, it's, yeah, at the behest of Gregory McMichael, a local attorney provided a copy of the video of the shooting to WGIG, a local radio station who put it on the station's website on May the 5th. The video went viral, having also been posted on YouTube and Twitter. Within hours, Durden said a grand jury would decide whether charges would be brought and accepted an offer from Governor Brian Kemp to have a Georgia Bureau of Investigation investigate the case. On May 7th, the GBI arrested the McMichaels and charged them with felony murder and aggravated assault. On May 24th, Brian arrested and charged with felony Brian was arrested and charged with felony murder and attempted false imprisonment. The fact that McMichaels were not arrested until 74 days later, after the video went viral, sparked debates on racial profiling in America. Numerous religious leaders, politicians, athletes, and other celebrities condemned the incident. The GCPD and the Brunswick District Attorney's Office were nationally criticized for the handling of the case and the delayed arrest. Georgia Attorney General Christopher M. Carr formally requested intervention of the FBI in a case on May 10th, which the FBI granted the following day. Y'all heard about this one. Ahmad Aubrey, a 25-year-old, was jogging in Georgia, jogging while black. And I don't care if this podcast gets a million listens, and I don't care if it doesn't get any listens. I'm saying I'm sitting here trying to talk this out in my head, trying to wrap my head around this again. He was jogging, and he was pursued and confronted by two white residents. Why? Why did they pursue him? Do we have any idea? Ahmad frequently jogged for exercise in and around his neighborhood. Is there, is there anything that says, oh, well, 
why did these white men go after Ahmad like that? Why would he go after this black guy? What did he do? Did he rape their women? Did he steal chickens? Like, what the fuck? I'm just going to run through the video of the shooting real quick. Video of the incident was recorded by William Roddy Bryan, a neighbor of the McMichaels, using a cell phone from his vehicle as he followed Aubrey jogging down the neighborhood road. From the camera's perspective, Aubrey is seen jogging on the left side of the road when he encounters a white pickup truck that has stopped in the right lane. Gregory McMichael is standing in the truck bed while Travis McMichael initially stands beside the driver's door with a shotgun. The vehicle of the person who's recording comes to a stop behind Aubrey and the pickup truck. As Aubrey approaches the pickup truck, shouting can be heard. Aubrey then crosses from the left side of the road to the right side and runs around the passenger side of the truck. They're passing the truck's front. Aubrey turns left. Meanwhile, Travis McMichael holding a shotgun approaches Aubrey on the truck's front. The camera's view of the confrontation between Aubrey and Travis is then momentarily blocked. Several media accounts of the video report that the audio of the first gunshot seems to be heard before Aubrey and Travis struggle with each other. Some media accounts first report a struggle that mention the gunshots. Other media accounts describe that it was not possible to see it from the vehicle, from the video, what was happening when the first gunshot was fired or report that a truck blocks the view of how the men first engage each other with regard to when the gunshot is heard. Travis and Aubrey grapple over the shotgun the view of the camera struggling. Both men disappear off camera view on the left side of the camera frame after which the audio of the second gunshot is heard. They come back in the camera view. Aubrey appears to throw punches and tries to grab the shotgun. Third gunshot is heard being fired by Travis at point blank range as Aubrey appears to throw a right-handed punch at his head. Aubrey recoils back stumbles, collapses in the middle of the road, face down, while Travis walks away. Greg Michael, who has taken out a shot handgun but not fired, then runs towards the other two men. So I can tell you this right now. Right now, Gregory McMichael, Travis McMichael, and William Bryan will all be found not guilty because of the fact that Ahmad was in front of the truck. No one can see who started what. I don't know if there's any eyewitnesses. I'm not digging that far on Wikipedia. I'm not Googling no pie, no, no podcast one-on-one on this one. I'm as ready as I'm going to get to have this conversation. But it appears that Ahmad who was just running in the neighborhood where he frequently jogged for exercise in and around his neighborhood. (sighs) Suddenly gets followed by this truck. Two trucks. And it's recorded by one of the dudes who... Wasn't even arrested until days after the McMichaels had been arrested. And they didn't even do anything until it went viral 74 days later. And this black man, Ahmad, is dead for running. I don't care if Ahmad said, fuck your mother. I don't care if he said I slept with your daughter. I don't care if he said I stole your chickens. But here's the point. There should never be a reason to take another person's life. 
There just should not be. And we all watch the action movies and the fantasy movies and the sci-fi movies or the even the Lifetime movies where it's like, oh, it was self-defense. She had no choice. He had no choice. And sometimes motherfuckers be crazy, man. Sometimes shit goes down. And someone dies from it. It's a fact of life. There's life. There's death. Everyone gets there somehow. And sometimes people are killed. I don't want to say justly, but not for these reasons. But from everything we know, Ahmaud Arbery was running one morning. out and about you know not even thinking about anything like maybe worried about COVID and goes for a jog and then suddenly he has these white guys bothering him and again, I don't care if it was justified or not. They shot him in cold blood over whatever it was. Whether it was he was jogging while black. They wanted to fuck with him. They thought they'd scare him. They thought it was funny. It went too far. He said, fuck your mom. Doesn't matter. He's dead. He's not coming back. There's no infinity stones. And more than likely, even with even with the third gunshot being fired and Aubrey punching, even with him falling dead in the middle of the road or at least bleeding out in the middle of the road, None of these three men are going to face, are going to get, uh, will be found guilty. That's just what happens. That's the way it goes. Now, let me take a second before we keep reading. I had, uh, with everything going on with the quarantine and being home, I watched OJ Made in America finally. It's an excellent documentary. Y'all already know that. Ezra Edelman did a wonderful job. It deserved Academy Awards. It won. But something that I really loved about the early parts of the movie. It was how well, while he was telling OJ's story and the story of his youth and him being with Avis and uh, getting into movies and meeting Nicole, they paralleled that. And again, I'm just going to paraphrase this. 
The movie runs parallel to the larger narrative of the city of Los Angeles, which serves as a host to mounting racial tensions and a volatile relationship between the city's police department and the African-American community. Footage from the watch riots was used as well as the entire Rodney King video, which was still uncomfortable for me to watch 18, 18, 28 years later. which most news outlets and documentaries only used in parts. Both these events are used to set up and explain what happened during the Simpson murder trial. I want to talk about two of the things that really stuck out to me about that whole volatile relationship between the city's police department that I didn't know about because I was, I was nine when Rodney King got beat and I was eight when this other shooting occurred that I had no idea about until this documentary (sighs) Latasha Harlins she was a 15 year old African American girl who was fatally shot by Soon Jadu a 50 year old Korean born female convenience store owner Du was tried and convicted of voluntary manslaughter in Harlan's death and served sentenced to time served five years probation, four hundred year hours four hundred years for an hour's community service, a five hundred dollar restitution and funeral expenses. The death of Latasha Harlan's which was recorded in security footage and later sentence in the later sentencing and failed appeal are considered to have contributed to the nineteen ninety two Los Angeles riots, especially the targeting of Koreatown, Los Angeles. Harlan's death came 13 days after the videotaped beating of Rodney King. <sighs> Soon Jadu store, Empire Liquor, located in the intersection of 91st Street and Figueroa Avenue, Vermont Vista, Los Angeles, was normally staffed by Du's husband and son. However, in the morning of the shooting, Du was working behind the counter and her husband was outside resting in the family van. Shortly between, before 10 a.m. on Saturday, March 16th, Harlan's entered the store, a 15-year-old girl, mind you. Do observe Harlan's putting a $1.79 bottle of orange juice in her backpack. Do concluded Harlan's was attempting to steal and did not see the money Harlan's held in her hand. Do claimed to have asked Harlan's if she intended to pay for the orange juice, to which Do claimed Harlan's responded, What orange juice? Two eyewitnesses disputed that claim, saying that Do called Harlan's a bitch and accused her of trying to steal, to which they claimed Harlan's replied that she intended to pay for the orange juice. After speaking with two eyewitnesses present during the videotape of the incident recorded by the store's security camera, police concluded that Harlan's intended to pay for the beverage with money in hand. The videotape showed that Do grabbed Harlan's by her sweater and snatched her backpack. Harlan's then struck Dew with her fist twice, knocking Dew to the ground. After Harlan's backed away, Dew threw a stool at her. Harlan's then picked up the orange juice bottle that dropped during the scuffle. Dew snatched the bottle from her, and Harlan's turned to leave. She was leaving. Dew reached under the counter, retrieved a revolver, and fired at Harlan's from behind at a distance of about three feet. The gunshot struck Harlan's in the back of the head, killing her instantly. Du's husband, Billy um, Wong Kidu, heard the gunshot and rushed into the store. After speaking to his wife, who asked for the whereabouts of Harlan's before fainting, he dialed 911 to report an attempted holdup. A 15 year old girl. 
just wanted to buy orange juice on a Saturday morning. Yeah, I was eight years old. I was eight years old when Rodney King happened, too. It took him a year to get the verdict for Rodney King. She had the money in her hand. And for some reason, this lady just had it in her mind that she was going to steal from her, and she didn't care. Fifteen. You know what I was doing when I was fifteen? Ironically enough, I was watching Michael Jordan's last season unfold as a ninth grader in junior high school in Cape and Bridge, West Virginia. You know what I had to worry about? Nothing. We've been through this. If you want to hear my story about my race to Black Enough Mountain, you go episode, go listen to episode one forty nine. I got all that stories in there. You can hear all about the highs and lows of being black in BFE, West Virginia. She just wanted to buy orange juice, man. And she had the money in her hand. The Harlan's family was awarded 300000 in a settlement. One, has that settlement ever been paid? And then two, Jesus, Pac dedicated Keep Your Head Up to Latasha Harlan's, and I still had no idea who she was. Damn, Pac talked about her a lot. God, I'm an idiot. All because she thought she was stealing orange juice. Now, you can put the shoe on the other foot. Like, oh, if it was a white kid, it could have been the same thing. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, she she got physical with her. No, she grabbed her backpack first. She grabbed her first. She grabbed her by her sweater and snatched her backpack threw a stool at her and then had the orange juice in her hand and then decided to still shoot this little black girl in the back of her fucking head now you tell me that could be fucking John John Smith from down the street you tell me that could be Cindy Cindy Jones please tell me that 15 year old Cindy or 15 year old John who goes in the store and puts this orange juice in their backpack is going to get shot in their fucking head please and you fucking tell me it's not because of race and you're a liar
had no idea until OJ made in America. And we all know OJ only got off because of them using race. Shapiro threw it under the bus the minute that trial was over that they used race to win this trial when he didn't want to do it. Johnny Cochran (sighs) planted and played the perfect case and got O.J. Simpson off. And Marsha Clark and especially Christopher Darden fell right into that shit. But enough about O.J. (sighs) We're back to live action. (sighs) Unfortunately. Well, March 13, 2020, Breonna, Ta- Breonna Taylor, a 26-year-old African-American woman, was fatally shot by the Louisville Metro Police Department officers. Sergeant Jonathan Mattingly, Detective Brett Hankison, and Detective Miles Cosgrove entered her apartment in plain clothes in Louisville, Kentucky, while serving a no-knock warrant. Another police officer and an LMPD lieutenant were on the scene when a warrant was executed. Gunfire was exchanged between Taylor's boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, and the three LMPD officers who entered the apartment. Taylor was shot eight times, and Mattingly was injured by gunfire. The LMPD investigation centered on two people who were already in police custody and suspected of selling controlled substances from a drug house more than 10 miles away. One of the people in custody, Jamarcus Glover, had a prior relationship with Taylor. The search warrant included Taylor's residence because it was suspected of receiving drugs in the case and because a car registered to Taylor had been seen parked on several occasions in front of Glover's house. According to police, Walker fired first, injuring a law enforcement officer, that's the boyfriend, and police returned fire. According to a wrongful death lawsuit filed against the police by the Taylor's family attorney, the officers entered the home without knocking or announcing that they were police officers and allegedly opened fire with total disregard for, for the value of human life. Police in the apartment of Breonna Taylor and Kenneth Walker using battering ram the force open a door. Police are investigating two men. Believe they're selling drugs. Man who had been seen walking in the apartment one afternoon in July with a USPS package before leaving and driving to a known drug house. Um, blah, 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 blah. Spite no, wa- no knock nor warrant allowing officers to not announce themselves while entering. Louisville police claimed that. And you know what? I, I just blah, 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 that all, all that drug talk. But it's only because you can go read it yourself. And I'm not saying the drug part's cool. I'm not glorifying it. Drugs are bad, okay? See, I'm not saying anything like that. But the larger issue at hand is that the police shot and killed another black person. Because they had thoughts about something. It's not, hey, this is a known drug runner. We know this bitch is in here selling drugs. Let's go get her. We know something's in there. This is, they have a warrant. But there's certain ways you do things. So despite the no-knock warrant allowing officers to not announce themselves while entering, Louisville police claimed that they announced themselves while entering the home while knocking several times, stating they were Louisville police officers with the search warrant. Neighbors and Taylor's family had disputed this claim, stating there was no 
announcement and that Walker and Taylor believe someone's breaking in, causing Walker to act in self-defense with the gun. Walker stated in his police interrogation that Taylor yelled multiple times, who is it, after hearing a loud bang at the door but receiving no answer and it armed himself as they had heard no response and he is a licensed firearm carrier. Hmm, where have we heard that before? He then shot first, striking a police officer in the leg. In response, officers opened fire with more than 20 rounds, hitting objects in the living room, dining room, kitchen, hallway, bathroom, and both bedrooms. Taylor was shot at least eight times and was pronounced dead on the scene. So, she's essentially dead because she had a relationship with the wrong guy who may have possibly ran drugs out of her apartment when they were together. But here's the thing, no knock warrant or not, even with them getting fired on, 20 rounds? What did they think was in there? The Demogorgon? Like, seriously? Like, none of this. <sighs> Makes sense. They were, they were sleeping in the bedroom when the incident happened. Thought their home had been broken into. June 1st, Police Chief Steve Conrad was fired after David McAtee, uh, uh, McAtee um, probably McAtee, a Louisville resident was shot and killed during police response to curfew violation in the wake of protests following the killing of George Floyd a week earlier. Oh my God. This one is a little harder for me because we know that Kenneth Walker fired first. It, it says he fired first. And a no-knock warrant means they don't have to knock. They can just bust in. We've seen this plenty of times. We've seen it in music videos. We've seen it in Straight Outta Compton. We've seen it in Boys in the Hood. We, we have seen it in many a film where the battering ram comes out and they just smash through doors. But even then, you would think someone fires and hits, hits an officer in the leg. It's like, all right, fuck it. Kill them all. Burn it to the ground. What sense does that make at all? Fuck it. Kill, kill, kill. Murder, murder, murder. What possible sense to let go 20 rounds?
that's a lot of shots. <laughs> I'm sorry. It, that's a lot of fucking shots. Even if you don't know how many people's in there, even if you think it's a, oh, it, it must be a drug den. We, we got to get those niggers. Hard R. Yeah, we're here. Got to stop them from selling, selling the drugs. Working as an EMT in Louisville when the coronavirus pandemic hit the country, helping to save lives while trying to protect her own. Aspiring nurse. <sighs> Looking for a man who did not live in Taylor's apartment complex and had already been detained. So they already had him and they still just bust in. Like, does nobody communicate? Like, what? What, what the fuck? None of the officers have been charged. I mean, that. let's see, that was May 11th. I didn't look to see if anybody had been charged, but you already know the fucking vibes, unfortunately. Let's see. FBI, so they're, they're just investigating. Yeah, there, there's been nothing... about any arrest for for police officers there because it's not it's literally like an SVU episode when say Elliot Stabler would lose his shit a little bit and then they'd be like oh Elliot you're in trouble we're gonna put you on the desk and he's like man alright I'll see you later Liv and then like next episode he's been on the desk for like a month or so and then he's like oh I'm back in action that's all this is to them and that kills me aspiring nurse I knew I knew I read that somewhere oh and, and it's called a botch police raid by NBC News on May the 12th I don't know ma'am again 300,000 isn't going to bring back Latasha And no money will bring back Brianna. Brianna. Nothing. It's always going to be the same, man. And I'm just so mad. And I could yell more, but everybody's asleep. I'm so mad and frustrated. And I have to go out there and put on this happy face at work and act like I'm not furious inside I'm so so angry man because I just said to Angel I was like it happens over and over again and people forget about it and then it happens again and then oh my god everybody's shocked and then all I have to do is try to try to try to cope with it. It's a hopeless cause. Cops are always going to kill us, whether we deserve it or not. They always will. Nothing will change it. No leadership's going to change it. We're just always going to be a target for the police. Always. For the rest of my life, for the rest of Aaliyah's life, for the rest of any black person's life in America, they have to fear the police. That's just how it is. 
Ain't no sunshine and rainbows over here. Ain't no happy songs. Yes, I don't want to say every police person wants to, policeman, policewoman, police officer wants to kill me. I know there's some out there who are totally against what happened. But at the same time, I can't trust you. Just because all it takes is one sliver of you not respecting me as a person and I could be dead for no reason or my daughter could be dead for no reason I've been extremely lucky and I hope that she's extremely lucky too but I know every time I see a cop car I get freaking nervous and I hate it I just want to take this time and remind y'all that Trayvon Martin should be 25 years old now. Meanwhile, George Zimmer, Zimmerman's still partying and bullshitting. Why was he shot? Because he had a hoodie and Zimmerman didn't give a fuck. He said there was an altercation. Still, Trayvon was un- was unarmed. And yes, there was a physical altercation, but at the same time, he shot Trayvon. I'm sorry. I'm I'm not trying to have all the dead air, but the shit hurts. It hurts really badly. Every single part of it hurts. And I hate it. <sighs> I just want to take this time while we're talking about Trayvon to remind you that Michael Brown would have been 24 years old this August in Ferguson, Missouri. He's not here anymore. He's he's dead. The riots are over. No one remembers Ferguson until what happened last week happens. He ain't here though. You, you don't got you don't got to think about Michael Brown until it's in your face. You don't got to think about Eric Garner being crushed by police for selling cigarettes from packs without tax stamps and repeatedly saying I can't breathe while I'm face down on sidewalk. Y'all don't got to think about that, do you? No, you don't. You're good. Oh, but 
soon as something happens, like, oh, remember Eric Garner? That shit was fucked up. Yeah. And it continues to be fucked up every single time. I'm going to click on this Tony McDade link. I haven't even heard this one. May 27th, 30 year old African American transgender man Tony McDade was fatally shot in the Leon Arms apartment complex of the Tallahassee Police Department by an officer of Tallahassee Police Department following a fatal stabbing incident in the nearby Saxon Street. Early reports of the incident misgendered McDade as a woman, and on May 28th, the police department described Dade as a, uh, McDade as a woman who was identified as a man. my age practically 38 next year Wikipedia doesn't have a whole lot on that <sighs> I fucking hate this let's talk about riding real quick before we get into the <laughs> before we get into the reason why we're all here let's talk about riding real quick The Watts Riots, 1965. On the evening of Wednesday, August 11, 1965, 21-year-old Marquette Fry, black man, driving his mother's 55 Buick, was pulled over by California Highway Patrol motorcycle officer Lee Minicus for allegedly for alleged reckless driving after administering a field sobriety test. Minikis placed Fry under arrest and radioed for his vehicle to be impounded. Marquette's brother, Ronald, a passenger vehicle, walked to their house nearby, bringing their mother, Rena Price, back with him to the scene of the arrest. When Rena Price reached the intersection of Avalon Boulevard at 116th Street that evening, she scolded Fry about drinking and driving, as he recalled in a 1985 interview with the Orlando Sentinel. But the situation quickly escalated. Someone shoved Price. Fry was struck. Price jumped an officer, and another officer pulled out a shotgun. Backup police officers attempted to arrest Fry by using physical force to subdue him. After community members reported that police have angry mobs f formed as the situation intensified growing crowds of local residents watching the exchange began yelling and throwing objects at the police officers Fry's mother and brother fought with the officers were eventually arrested along with Marquette Fry after the arrest of Price and her sons the Fry, the Fry brothers the crowd continued to grow along Avalon Boulevard police came to the scene to break up the crowd several times at night for attack when people threw rocks and chunks of concrete a 46 square mile Swath of Los Angeles was transformed into a combat zone during the ensuing six days. So he got pulled over for drinking and driving. Didn't have the car. And then somehow everything just went nuts. And then Watts wasn't having it anymore. They're like, fuck this. Fuck it. Let's go. Oh, part of the ghetto riots? Is that what it says, Wikipedia? What's a... 
Oh, the term ghetto riots, some, also sometimes termed ghetto rebellions or formally called at the time Negro riots, refers to a period of riots from the United States 1964 to 68. The riots were characterized by African-American groups using violent tactics to secure social demands. Hmm. Sound, sounds familiar. Sounds familiar. Let, let's, let's bounce over to 1992 Los Angeles riots. Series of riots and civil disturbances that occurred in L.A. County in April and May 1992. Unrest began in South Central Los Angeles after the trial jury acquitted four officers of the LAPD for use of excessive force in the arrest and beating of Rodney King, which had been videotaped and widely viewed on TV broadcasts. And again, I will tell you, I watched it for the first time in a long time on OJ Made in America, and that shit turned my stomach to this day. Riots spread throughout the Los Angeles metropolitan area. Thousands of people rioted over a six-day period. The announcement of the verdict, widespread looting, or assault, arson, and murder occurred during the riots, which local police could not control due to lack of personnel resources. Against sure number of rioters. <sighs> but again, what started over a situation with police escalating. And apparently them kicking pregnant women. And... L.A. was because those four officers who beat the living daylights out of Rodney King, who cares about who Rodney King was or is or anything like that, they beat the shit out of Rodney King on camera. Who died by drowning at age 47. I did not know that. I think maybe I, I had known that, but uh, apparently alcohol and drugs in the system. Damn, accidental drowning. Ain't that some shit? They were they they got off, and the city had had enough. Add that add Latasha to all that. That city was a freaking powder keg. Because <sighs> no matter what, the police always get off. It doesn't matter if there's a video. It doesn't matter if there's eyewitness accounts. The police will always get off. Black people will continue to die in such as fucking life. <sighs> Man. I need to do some Googling now. I said I wasn't going to Google, but I, I have to get a question answered. about Martin Luther King because there's there's been a lot said about Martin Luther King and like oh well Martin Luther King Jr. like when he was marching like uh he he was out there and he was he was out there and he, he wouldn't do anything wrong. He was always peaceful and was always very, he used his words to make his point. And, you know, <sighs> dog, like MLK 
y'all can say what y'all want about him having a dream and about him being having peaceful protest. Martin Luther King even knew there was a limit. You can say how he was so much the anti-Malcolm or Malcolm was the anti-him. Martin never was like AK-47 by the window. No. At the very same time that America refused to give the Negro any land, through an act of Congress, our government was giving away millions of acres of land in the West and the Midwest which meant that it was willing to undergird its white peasants from Europe with an economic floor. But not only did they give the land, they built land-grant colleges with government money to teach them how to farm. Not only that, they provided county agents to further their expertise in farming. Not only that, they provided low interest rates in order that they could mechanize their farms. Not only that, Today, many of these people are receiving millions of dollars in federal subsidies not to farm, and they are the very people telling the black man that he ought to lift himself by his own bootstraps. And this is what we are faced with, and this is a reality. Now, when we come to Washington in this campaign, we are coming to get our check. He was assassinated before he reached our country's capital. Yeah. And here's another thing I just found. It says, Martin Luther King stood up for more than love. This is not the time for you to be like, okay, Martin Luther King, he, he, again, he, he, he would never do this. He, he would be peaceful. He would be cooperating with police and making sure that everything's okay and figuring out answers and y'all killed him. Would he be alive today? Probably not, but still. Let, let me just check my facts when you want to throw Martin Luther King in my face. Just to make sure that I'm clear, okay? Oh, Martin Luther King. You know how hard Stevie Wonder had to fight just to get that man his his birthday as a national holiday for years? And when he got it, he wrote the man a freaking happy birthday song that's better than an original happy birthday song. Here we go. Let's do it. Assassination. April 4, 68. King was staying in room 306 Lorraine Motel, Memphis. Motel was owned by so-and-so, so-and-so. King had gone out on the balcony while standing near his room when he was struck in the face at 6.01 p.m. by a single bullet fired from a Remington Model 760 rifle. The bullet entered through King's right cheek, breaking his jaw and several vertebrae as it traveled down his spinal cord, severing his jugular vein and major arteries in the process for lodging in his shoulder. The force of the shot ripped King's necktie off. King fell backwards onto the balcony un. Conscious. Don't put one of our great leaders in my face and be like, he wouldn't like this. 
You know why people are protesting? Because George Floyd is dead. Was murdered. Murdered on camera on your precious fucking Facebook. That y'all freaking worship from top to bottom. And everybody's like, oh, my Facebook. Oh, that's so awful. And I know that people are like, oh, there's assholes out here looting and burning stuff. And there's proof of white people starting fires and started and in, in, inciting shit when there's peaceful black people right down in the same area. But who's getting blamed? The blacks. Us. The niggas. As usual. I find this funny because I listen to Bill Simmons and Ryan Rosillo's pod every time they get together. It's kind of my, my thing. And I was listening to Rosillo and Rosillo's like, oh, well, there's assholes going and getting Jordans and sneakers and blah, 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 blah. That, that's not what this is about. But at the same time, I don't want to just throw him in a bad light because he was making a lot of good points in favor of us. But here's my my opinion on looting. Fuck it. I'm not saying go out there and get what's yours. I'm not saying get out there and and get money and take what take what you can get normally because don't use this unrest to go crazy. But don't act like this isn't still falling back on the way that black people have been treated for years decades don't do that don't do that you're not allowed oh it's going to take attention away from from George Floyd and how everybody's outraged you know it's going to take attention away from George Floyd probably coronavirus you know what I saw on my Twitter uh, trending on today Ebola there's always going to be something to take away from from the racism that just lies dormant for most people in America and the racism that's always right there at the surface that we as black people can always see. I can see the racism. I can see it. I just know that you don't fucking like me sometimes because I'm black and that's something that I live with every single day. Yes, I'm very lucky to have had the life that I had and to live where I live and have a wonderful wife and a mostly well-behaved child <laughs> and have have friends, have white friends, have black friends, have uh, gay friends, have... I live quite the life and I understand that, but at the same time, all it takes is things like this to remind me of how much a nigga I am at the end of the day. OJ thought he could escape being black and then when he needed to be black the most it came through for him and now nobody fucking wants him <laughs> again I'm sorry for the pause It's this is hard 
This is so fucking hard for me to do. I'll tell you, man. Maps hit me up and was like, hey, do you want to talk about a mod? And I was like, no, I don't want to touch it. Because at the time, there was a lot of podcasts coming out that was talking about it. And I... One thing that I, I really hate to do is, I mean, don't get me wrong. I will strike with an iris hot if Drake decides he's going to drop the Pusha T this tomorrow. But to sit there and talk about the same shit that we always have to talk about as black people and about how cops kill us all the time. Or white people kill us all the time when we're just running, having a nice little jog, you know, in the neighborhood. And they're like, oh, look at that black guy. Let's get him. I just couldn't do it. And I had to keep myself from this to get through the rest of the week. And then Saturday morning, that's when I really let myself start processing. And I've been processing for days since. And it's like, oh, you're black. How did you not be affected? And it's like, (sighs) it's not that I wasn't affected. It's just that I, I, I couldn't shut down. I, when these things happen, I want to shut down and not deal with anybody. It's hard for me to let you in. It's hard for you to understand if you're not black, man. And I'm sorry. I know you want to try. I know you can support us and I appreciate all of that. But I can't. I cannot function when I'm that level angry. It's so hard for me to do, and it's really hard for me to do now. But I knew I had to get on this microphone this time and say something. Speak my piece, and like I said, whether I, one million people hear it, no people hear it, at least I know I did it, it exists in my thoughts or in some form of recording so that they can go on out there for when I'm gone. So in 60 years from now, someone's like, yo, I'm listening to Hyphenation 162. Remember when and talking talk about the George Floyd guy got killed? Man, we doing doing the same shit because that just happened down my street, and nobody cares. The cops just got in their flying shit in their their space their air car and took off, left the dude dead in the street. Before we get into the last piece and wrap up this episode, I, I want to send a shout out to the New York City blackout of 1977 only because I've been, I was watching Hip Hop Evolution, like I mentioned to y'all a few episodes back, and one of the OGs of hip hop um, was uh, talking about how he picked up a few things while looting. But my last point on looting. It goes hand in hand with with the protest. I'm not saying you should go out there with the one thing in mind to destroy and to steal and everything else, but the rage and the anger are so palpable that it goes hand in hand. If those things happen, then that's just collateral damage. We don't need to be hurting people. 
No, we, we don't need to do unto others as has been done to us for years and years and years. But if you want to go get yourself a Nintendo Switch, fucking get a Nintendo Switch. I don't care. I'm not going to be doing that. I'm going to be protesting against this bullshit. Don't tell me you got a Nintendo Switch. You got a Nintendo Switch, though. I was looking over here, man. I'm just saying. Twenty-fifth, George Floyd, a black man, died in the Powderhorn community of Minneapolis, Minnesota. While Floyd was handcuffed and lying face down on a city street during arrest, Derek Chauvin, a white American Minneapolis police officer, kept his knee on the right side of Floyd's neck for eight minutes and forty-six seconds. According to the criminal complaint against Chauvin, two minutes and fifty-three seconds of that time occurred after Floyd became unresponsive. Officers. Tao Tao, J. Alexander uh, Kuhn, and Thomas K. Lane participated in Floyd's arrest with Kuhn holding Floyd's back, Lane holding his legs, and Taos looking on as he stood nearby, looking like a fake-ass Rey Mysterio. Preliminary results from an official autopsy found no indication that Floyd died of strangulation or traumatic asphyxia, but that in the combined events of being restrained or in health condition, including coronary, uh, coronary artery disease, and hypertensive heart disease, central toxins in the system like contributed to his death. Independent autopsy commissioned by Floyd's family found that Floyd's death was caused by asphyxia due to the neck and back compression that led to a lack of blood flow to the brain. Both the Hennepin County and independent medical examiners declared the death of George Floyd a homicide. <sighs> Arrest was made after Floyd was accused of ha- using a counterfeit $20 bill at a market. Police said Floyd physically resisted arrest. Some media organizations commented a security camera from a nearby business did not show Floyd resisting. Criminal complaint filed later stated that based on body camera footage, Floyd repeatedly stated he couldn't breathe while standing outside a police car, resisted getting in the car, and intentionally fell down. Several bystanders recorded the event on their smartphones with one video showing Floyd repeating, please, I can't breathe, mama, don't kill me, being widely circulated on social media platforms and broadcast by the media. While needed neck restraints are allowed in Minnesota under circumstances, Chauvin's usage technique has been widely criticized by law enforcement experts as excessive. All four officers were fired the day after the incident in the FBI is conducting a federal civil rights investigation under request of the Minneapolis Police Department. Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Apprehension is also investigating possible violations of Minnesota statutes. May 29th, Chauvin was charged with third-degree murder and second-degree manslaughter. Third-degree murder may include felony murder to regardless of the underlying felony. Felony murder only where underlying felony is nonviolent. Punishable maximum 40 years in Florida, 25 years in Minnesota. Ugh. In secondary manslaughter, Floyd's death with Hennepin 
uh, County Attorney Michael O. Freeman saying he anticipated charges be brought against the other three officers seen no indictments or charges have been filed against the three officers as of June 1. After Floyd's death, demonstration and protests in Minneapolis-St. Paul area were initially peaceful on May 26th. Later that day, became violent as windows were smashed at a police precinct. Two stores were set on fire. Many stores were looted and damaged. Some of them were skirmish for police who fired tear gas rubber bullets. Additional protests developed in over 200 cities throughout the 50 states and the United States, as well as intentionally, internationally. As well as internationally. Floyd's death has been compared to 2014 death of Eric Garner. Garner, also an unarmed black man, repeated, I can't breathe 11 times after being placed in a chokehold by a New York police officer, then arrested in Staten Island, New York. For passing a fake $20 bill. If he even knew it was a fake $20 bill. That's besides the point. And if you're listening to this, like, why is that beside the point? Because he's black and he's dead? Fuck yeah. That's exactly why it's beside the point. I just watched, again, Chauvin hold his knee while having his hand in his pocket. It looked like just chilling. Perfectly fine with just watching this man squirm underneath his knee. God. Around 8, 18 p.m. security footage of Cup Food shows Coon struggling with Philly for at least a minute in the driver's side backseat while Tao watches. Criminal complaint filed against Chauvin alleges Floyd refused to enter a car even after officers removed him from driver's side, passenger side, 8, 8, 19 p.m. Stay on passenger side of the vehicle. Chauvin pulled Floyd through the back seat from the driver's side to the passenger side and out of the car, causing Floyd to fall on the ground where he lay on the pavement face down, still in handcuffs. Floyd stopped moving at 8.20 p.m. According to New York Times, these two bystander videos show Floyd telling officers he can't breathe at least 16 times in less than five minutes. <sighs> Lane followed Floyd by an SUV. A bystander, a Mercury SUV, parked behind Floyd's SUV, began recording an encounter with his phone. Followed a struggle lane, pulled Floyd from the SUV, handcuffed him until he's being arrested for passing counterfeit currency at 8.10. 8.12, Kong sat Floyd, still handcuffed on the sidewalk against the wall in front of Dragon Walk. Officer stood Floyd on his feet, walking across the street to sidewalk in front of Cup Foods. Around 8.14, Floyd fell on ground next to police cruiser in front of Cup Foods. Officers picked him up, placed him against the cruiser's door. According to local prosecutors, Floyd told officers he was claustrophobic, couldn't breathe. Minnesota Park Police officer arrived in response to Lane and Kung's request for assistance and guarded Floyd's vehicle and his occupants across the street. Regardless, 
George Floyd to be alive. I can, I can read y'all to death, and I, I've done that. But I really feel like, unlike other episodes where I've done reading, I feel like I've been reading with a purpose and to inform y'all versus me trying to guess shit. George Floyd was murdered. Fake 20, drunk, not wanting to get in the car. It doesn't matter. That that knee on his neck should not have been there that long. It shouldn't have been there, period, honestly. He was in handcuffs. Like, what the hell is he going to do? You get his ass in the back of the car. That's it. You leave. Take him wherever you want to take him. He's being arrested. Take him... Take him to book him, Dano. You know, all that bullshit. But no. Four police officers had to be there. Three police officers had to hold him down. Two police officers had to hold him down, and another one had to just slowly snuff the life out of him. Why? Because he said he's claustrophobic. They wouldn't get in the car because they knew he's inebriated. And you know what fucking scares me? He's, he apparently was saying, I can't breathe before he was on the ground. So that's another thing that worries me. Yeah, all four of them got fired. But when they get off, when they're found not guilty, and I'm going to hear, I'm here to tell you, I'm here to tell you right now all four of these police officers will be found not guilty in six months 12 months 18 months because the system is broken it's designed to protect law enforcement and mostly it's designed to allow black people like me like Marcus like Aaliyah like Eric, like his daughters, like his wife, like Lamb, like Maps, like Maps's family, all your favorites. Like Eric Jordan, E, my father, my brother. It's all designed so that we can be killed without repercussions if need be and it will continue to stay that way Trump is sending the military out I ain't like calling him that Donald is sending the military out after Washington went nuts last night apparently Trump says he'll send military to stop protests. We'll dominate the streets. I don't care. All you're doing is making everything worse. I don't even know what happened on CNN the other day when when uh, the reporter got arrested. That was wild. Never seen that before. what makes it even more difficult on top of being difficult on top of being difficult I have friends and family who support 
Donald or support All Lives Matter or Blue Lives Matter. And I just got to sit there and it's like, I can, I don't understand if it was me, would my life matter then? Or is it still all lives matter? All lives should fucking matter, but they don't, especially black people's all lives should matter, but they don't, especially black people, especially black people, especially black people. Do you hear me? We do not matter. We're going to continue to find ways to kill us and find ways to not be brought to justice. I love the energy of this country right now with the no no justice, no peace and the protesting and the looting. And I, I, I'm here for it. I'm glad that there is some kind of response to this. But the thing that scares me is in two weeks, nobody's going to give a shit it's going back to business as usual. Coronavirus. You can't go outside. Oh, yeah. Remember that black guy that we all watched got killed a few weeks ago? Yeah, that shit was fucked up. Hey, man. Uh, pass me a socially distant beer. So I'm Kellen Conley, host of the Barack Obama approved World's Greatest Podcast, Hyphen Nation. And as per usual, I will continue to live in fear of the police and not trust them until it's time for me to not be on this earth anymore. And hopefully it's not at the hands of a police officer because it could be. That's my life. That's just, that's always in the back of my head. I could leave my house tomorrow morning and be killed by a cop before I get home to see my daughter, see my wife. I could be dead. Fuck it. Just another nigga dead. Who cares? Right? Right. I, I, there ain't no outro. There ain't nothing that's going to wrap this up in no nice tiny bow. Thanks, y'all. Don't forget to subscribe and comment. This has been a Hyphen Podcast Network production. They're the bestest. I'm getting paid at exposure.